there's just so much goddamn weight on my shoulders. All I'm trying to do is live my motherfucking life. Tristan, it's a solo show. I am Patrick. I am one of your hosts with the least amount of friends present, but the host with the most illnesses. Episode 90, Halloween Spectacular, Volume 3.5. All right, let's explain this. I've been sick all week. My internet has been out. So I'm recording this with the hopes that later today, which is Sunday, a day late, I'll be able to get this up for you guys. Now, technically, it's not a day late to the release schedule, but it is a day late on what was supposed to be uh, Volume 4, the final chapter of the Halloween Spooktacular. For those of you keeping track at home, we have done a Halloween-themed episode every week this month. It's been a total blast, and we didn't want to miss a week. We, I know the two dudes didn't want to miss a week, but I also didn't want to miss a week if I could avoid it because the reason we weren't recording was because of my lack of internet. Long story short, I need a new modem. It's the weekend. No one with any kind of authority is available to give me a new modem. The internet guys wouldn't be out here until Monday, so I was just like, I guess I'm waiting until Monday, so what's the plan here? I record this file. I bounce it down. I email it to myself, and then I pull that file up, and I try to share it to the Podbean, whatever it is, site, uh, via my, my LTE connection on my cellular device. I could possibly use my phone as a hotspot and see what happens. This is boring technology talk. That's not what we're here for. That's not what you're here for. Guys, It's it, yesterday was Halloween. How was yours? Mine was great. Let me tell you what I did. Got up. Felt horrible. <laughs> felt real fucking bad. Internet was out. My body was just aching. Throat was all shitty. Did I mention the internet was out? Um, so I laid around and thought about chalking yesterday up as a loss. And I remembered, oh, it's Halloween. And you promised Emily you'd walk through the cemetery with her. So that's what we did. Me and Emily went and walked through the uh, Huntsville Cemetery, which was like a couple blocks from our house. So that was a really cool time. And then we ate burgers. And then we went to Target. And we came home to her place. We watched uh, a show called Truth Seekers with Nick Frost, Simon Pegg. And then we, play, or we played Azul, which is a, a tile game that she is very good at. And I'm very bad. But right now... We're five and three. She's up five games. I've won three. I'm going to keep track forever. She's trying to be nice about it. I think she took it easy on me a few times last night, as, as women should do when they're better at something than their boyfriends. Let's not make us feel bad, okay? We let you drive. We're letting you vote. We're letting you uh, assume the patriarchy is being busted. The least you could do is let us win at board games. So we appreciate that kind of stuff. I can make those jokes because Tristan's not here. So what are we doing? Well, as I put out on the Twitter at TV Cool Podcast and on the Instagram at Through Being Cool Podcast, we got some emails to our email, which is through being cool podcast at gmail.com. I'm going to read one of those stories today just so we can have something out there for you guys. Um, hold you over. And then next week, we have another story um, that I'll read with, uh, with, with Nick and Tristan. We also have an update on the story I told last week. Um, and then Tristan also has a another Halloween spooky story. And we still have the second part of the interview that Nick did. So that's coming up next week, right? 
But in the immediate, because again, we did not want to not give you guys something this week. We wanted to be consistent. We've been working so hard. I'm going to read a story from Tristan and I's longtime friend, Alex. Great dude. You might remember that he's the guy we uh, we pretty much has just declared the king of 2020. You know, married, got a house, had a kid. That's that's crushing it. I mean, in the in the quarantine, I think he did all of that within quarantine. I mean, he didn't make the baby in quarantine. That's not how calendars work. He he uh, he inter he intercoursed, um, st- stirred the the batter, and then she she baked it, and then it was delivered unto the world during the quarantine. So, enough about Alex's sex life. Let's get into Alex's spooky life. Pulling it up right here. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Writer Society. Alex calls this story, I'm not going to come up with a better name than Spooky Story. This one's longer than the last, and I'm not trying to steal all of your airtime, but I had to send this when you and all when you guys all mentioned Waverly Hills on the last episode. Every year, during the week before spring break, my high school did what they call Immersion Week. Each teacher partners up with another teacher, and they pick one thing that you don't get to experience in normal curriculum that they wanted their students to experience or learn. Each year includes one international trip, one trip somewhere in the U.S., and several week-long experiences in town. The most coveted of all of these is the Ghostbusters Immersion, <laughs> which has been a staple in my high school since it started with the U.S. history teacher back in the 1990s. Immersion Week is done in a lottery system where you draw numbers to pick which trip you get to go on. Ghostbusters is always the very first one filled. I was fortunate enough to draw an early number and claim my spot on the trip my senior year. During the week, we would meet up around 9pm at various paranormal hotspots throughout Louisville. Cemeteries, renowned haunted buildings, things like that. The big draw to the trip is the very last night where we actually stay the night in Waverly Hills and do an 8 hour ghost hunt. My school has been doing this for so long that we have built a certain level of rapport with the owners and they give us pretty much free reign. The first hour or so is a guided tour explaining what the different rooms were used for when it was a functioning hospital. Then, when we're, then we were really set free to go where we wanted for the rest of the night. The tour itself is very interesting, more historical than haunted. After that, we experienced several different things in the small groups that we broke off in. First thing that my group of friends and I wanted to do was go to what has been dubbed the death tunnel. People were dying of tuberculosis at such a high rate that they couldn't get bodies to the funeral homes fast enough. They also didn't want to keep the bodies in the hospital as it drastically hurt morale of the patients that were still living. They developed a chute where they would take bodies that are in body bags and send them down where a, sh- send them down where a shed of sorts would hold the bodies until hearses could get there. My friends and I decided to crawl the length of it. While I can't say anything specific happened while I was inside the tunnel, it definitely had a certain eeriness to it knowing how many thousands of dead bodies had been right where we were. The second thing we decided to check out was the elevator on the east side of the building. Security at Waverly used to be remarkably low. My dad broke in and rode his bike in the halls on numerous occasions as a kid, and several homeless people would take shelter in the building all through the 90s and early 2000s. They have since increased security thanks in part to the amount of homeless people they have found dead with no explanation, a vast majority of which have been discovered at the bottom of this elevator shaft. Again, no specific experiences here, but just a general uneasiness from everyone. Next, we went to the cafeteria on the first floor. The group I was hanging out with was around seven of us. We walked in and immediately myself and two others were hit with an immense nausea and we had to bolt out immediately. After tending to that, we decided to try and head back in and had the same feeling hit the moment we walked in the room. 
The room is significantly colder than the rest of the building, and our tour guide explained that several people report that they have no explanation as to why. Another friend of mine who did not experience the nausea swears up and down that something was holding him back as he tried to move forward, as if there were a magnet attached to his back pulling him to the wall behind him. I didn't personally experience this, but he was so genuinely freaked out by it that he went to the gift shop our teachers and owners were using as a home base and hung out there for an hour or so before deciding to go back out. Next was room 502, infamously one of the most haunted rooms in the hospital. When I originally heard stories of what people experienced in this room, I wrote it off as people trying to attract ghost hunters and tourists, since 502 is also our area code. On the tour, it was explained to us that while the area code had nothing to do with nothing to do with it that they could tell, several nurses and doctors who contracted tuberculosis while working in the hospital, or those that were just so distraught by the amount of death they were seeing, would hang themselves in this room. Had nothing to do with the room number, rather than it was not a very populated wing of the building. As we walked in and sat on the floor to just see what we would experience, several of us could hear a female voice crying and a thumping coming from the very center of the room. The crying was very faint, but as I went to an all-male high school and the only female there was with us was a teacher that was staying posted up in the gift shop, we knew there was something creepy going on. Someone decided to start asking some questions to the voice we were hearing, and while we did not hear any kind of verbal response in the form of words, the crying would either get louder or stop based on what we asked. I don't remember the exact time frame of this happening throughout the night, but one story that several people know regarding Waverly Hills is about the child's wing. Several people report bringing a toy of some sort with them on their tours and leaving them in that wing. The toy would move to the complete opposite side of the building, or if it was a ball or some of some sort, it would roll. It would start rolling without anyone provoking it. We bought a red rubber kickball and some other toys so we could try both. We left both in the middle of the hallway in this wing and left and left to go down a floor. The toy we left was sitting at the foot of the stairs by the time we had made it down a flight, and we could hear a very distinct bouncing of the ball from above our heads. As we raced back to see if it was one of our classmates that had found it, we simply saw the ball rolling down the hallway, slowly, with no one else in sight. The last thing we did that night was meet up with a small group of guys bringing our numbers to about 15. We all sat on the floor of the room where the tour guide explained earlier was used for experimental surgeries of the lungs to try and remove or treat tuberculosis patients. We didn't exactly have a plan, not that we did at all that night, so we all just kind of sat in the middle very quietly to see what would happen next. Every single one of us at once started asking one another if they were having trouble breathing. We all felt an immense weight on our chest and we could not catch our breath. Then a distinct sound of electrical humming started a few seconds later. The only part of that entire building that has electricity is the gift shop that was about five floors below us. As some of us started to filter out due to the uneasiness of what they were feeling in their chest, we all saw a blue orb about the size of a softball in the middle of the doorway, followed by the faintest sound of surgical tools. Looking back, the story is way longer than I remembered it being, and if it gets cut for time, I totally understand. I just appreciate being provoked to recall the details and type them out somewhere that I can go back and reference later. I absolutely intend to get back at some point to see if I can recreate some of the things I did experience that night that I can't explain for myself. Yo, Alex, King of 2020, thank you so much for that shit. That stuff is right up my alley, man. I've never been able to, to take a tour of a place like that, although I always wanted to when I lived there. Um, and now with everything going on, there's not really that option here in Huntsville. Although I do know there is a, a ghost tour of sorts. Um, Huntsville is obviously an older town. And as we learned in the uh, graveyard yesterday, um, a lot of Confederate history, which may surprise no one. And I'm, I'm interested to, to do more research here and see if I can find some places that might have some, I don't know, supposed paranormal activity. But yo, dude, that shit is awesome. I fucking love that story. Um, you mentioned the ball, right? And like 
seeing it roll down and seeing like why that might be, why that might've happened. Uh, there's a really cool, I mean, I guess you would call it a documentary. It's on Amazon right now and it's called the house in between. Um, it's, <laughs> it's about a house that may or may not be haunted. And the reason I bring that up is because they do a really cool exper uh, experiment with a ball too. They, uh, I don't want to ruin anything, but uh, check it out. The house in between. You seem like you might be into that. And any other listeners who are into, you know, paranormal shows like Ghost Hunters or Ghost Adventures or that one where the Italian guys scream at uh, phantoms. Um, the house in between is a lot more subtle. It focuses more on the people who are investigating the house and why they're investigating the house than it does like crazy spooky stuff. But there's some some really cool, you know interesting things that happen with you know electricity and, and things moving around um so yeah check that out the house in between i to hop on next week and speak with tristan and nick about your experience at waverly because as you know nick went there before and tristan is from that area if i remember correctly he's from the louisville elizabethtown um area i think if not he has a shit ton of friends in louisville and i'm pretty sure he spent a lot of time there so maybe he has some stories from friends that he can tell us or, or some things that he's heard about Waverly that can, you know, kind of maybe shed light into why you experienced some of the things you experienced. The blue orb stuff is always so very interesting to me um, when people say they see it live because, you know, when people take pictures of it and they see an orb, obviously that could be light reflecting off dust. It could just be a spot on the camera itself. There's a lot of ways to um, explain away, if you will, orbs when it comes to photography but to see one live man that must be so fucking cool like i'm not one of those guys who like goes looking for that kind of shit who like wants to go and like find a ghost I don't, i'm not really into that so much it's just visiting the locations where these things have said to have occurred or visiting places where like people say that they've seen crazy shit i like going to that when me and emily were in london um I looked up ghost tours and everything, and there weren't really a lot going on because of the time of year we went. But I would like to go to a, I'd like to do that or make an effort to try to visit there during this time, during like, I guess, Halloween or the season where they're having those paranormal ghost tours and stuff. I think that'd be a fucking blast. Mostly because this might make me sound like a dunce cat, but when we were in London, it was very interesting for me to walk around and be around things and in a place that was. Uh, like a thousand years older than our country, like a thousand years older than where I'm from. That was so fucking cool. Uh, we went to a couple castles and like, they never mentioned whether or not any of them were haunted, which was kind of a bummer. Cause you feel like that would be a thing you would mention. Although we did visit the, um, the tower of London and you know, of course that's an old castle. And I think there was some like mention of stuff like that, but obviously nothing too crazy or I would have remembered it for sure. Uh, we did go to the Jack the Ripper Museum, and that was fucking rad. Um, yeah, so hey, that's what we're going to do this week. 15 minutes, I feel good about it. As I've talked more, uh, swallowing still feels like I'm throwing a bunch of uh, razor blades and hot coals down my mouth hole. Uh, but I do, uh, my voice feels a little bit better. I still feel like dog shit. Um, Emily wants to hang out today, and I'm just like, I don't, I think I need my beauty rest. I'm feeling grizzly. I'm looking gross. I need a haircut. I'm just feeling like I need to be drinking more water. I, I guess if I could describe my bodily situation right now, it would be uh, a sweaty, sore-throated pickle. Like, I just feel like, bleh. I feel like my insides are, like, sour. I don't know why. Maybe it's a seasonal crud. It's not seasonal depression. 
I'm not letting that happen. All right, so guys, ladies, everybody, I hope you had a safe and happy Halloween. Right in, man. Tell us what you did. Uh, I'd love to know what people got into. Um, I know some people, fucking Thomas and his girl, uh, his wife, did like a virtual tour of the Winchester house. That sounds cool as shit. Uh, yeah. Through being cool podcast at gmail.com, at TV cool podcast on Twitter, at through being cool podcast on Instagram. Send us a real quick thing. Let us know what you and your friends or your wives or your boyfriends, whatever you guys did on Halloween, let us know. Let's get some interaction going. The show is really, we're getting a lot of feedback when me and Tristan and Nick first came back. It's kind of died off a little bit. Downloads are still where they want to be. I'm still happy with those. But we're getting the interaction with everybody's going down. Fucking speak up. We're getting people sending us emails saying they're they're worried about sending us emails. Don't ever be don't ever be worried about sending us emails. If there is ever anything you should never be concerned with with this show, it's talking to us too much. That is validation for us, guys. That makes Tristan and Nick and I feel very good that you guys want to shoot us an email. You want to send us a message just to be like, hey, here's what I did, or hey, here's a crazy story, or here's some questions. Please do that. That makes... We already have a killer time doing the show, but uh, the show is so much more fun if it's participatory, right? If we, if we throw stuff out to you and you guys throw something back, then we, we can just... That, that loop, that's a fun loop. That's the fun loop. That's what we want out of this. Everybody, have a great day. I'm hoping I can get this up on remember, remember the 1st of November. That's not how it goes. I know that. But uh, everybody, thank you so much for downloading. Greatly appreciate it. Have a safe and happy Sunday. Um, Get ready to get out there and kick this week in the dick tomorrow morning. Everybody, Night Riders unite and witness us. Born ugly, raised very stupid. We give you permission to have a great rest of your week. Thank you, guys. Bye. Ten years of casting, dreaming about detectives, learning about our bodies with everyone, answering bad questions, giving worse advice, talking shit about shit that everyone likes cause we are through being